0: Hello, you're listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. And on this episode, Jim Ryan thinks I'm inadequate, and you are too. Woohoo! My name is Taylor and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brianna and Sam, and you're listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. Remember you can find this podcast over on youtube.com save the game media every Tuesday. And while you're over there, make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you'd rather listen to audio, we're on all your we are on all your favorite podcast services and would love it if you could drop us a five-star review. It helps the algorithm and helps us grow. And if you'd like to interact with us more, including sending in questions, please join the Discord with the link down below in the show notes. If you want to support us and get early access to all Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media and choose the tier that is right for you. Just like our current patrons, Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, SAZ, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, (laughs) Brianna's wife, and our new patron and former co-host of Project X Talk, current co-host host of Frame by Frame, Aman please go to patreon.com Save the Game Media once again. Link is in the show notes. And speaking of the Patreon, a couple of things. One is later today, at the time of this recording, on September 11th, um, we will be recording the first episode of Save the Game Boy, a Nintendo podcast, for Patreons exclusive only. So, yeah. If you are a patron, look forward to that. And that'll be up uh, within the week. And if you're not, Maybe throw a buck away and check it out. And also, we are doing a God of War Ragnarok giveaway. To enter, tweet us or show us in the Discord that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, or review No Limits with a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. You get one entry for each of those things, offering non-patrons a maximum of two entries into the giveaway, and patrons earn double entries for each action. So patrons can get a maximum of four entries. So have at it. And at the end of the giveaway, Kevin aka the muffin mom will um spin a wheel and whoever it lands on uh will win the game according to the number of entries you have so that should be fun and with that said brianne and sam not ethan but sam what you guys been playing
1: um only two things this week uh with the PlayStation Plus Monthly Games Refresh, I um, dove headfirst into Toem. Why um, oh, need to
0: redeem those? It
1: is a wonderful little game. Um, I legitimately, from start to finish, platinumed it in under three and a half hours. Oh. Um, so it's very, very short, very sweet, um, but really enjoyable. Uh, very nice art style, sort of almost 2.5D. Um it's kind of like uh, I always have to rephrase this because it's a different title in America but where's Waldo is that correct in Mm -hmm. America because where's Wally here
0: and then (laughs) really
1: because Waldo is is the guy in the black and the yellow for us but is Waldo the guy in the red and the white white. yeah okay so what that's Wally for us and Waldo is like his evil twin brother in the black and the yellow um so it's kind of like that as well, where you're just going around taking photos and you kind of have hints that suggest certain areas in the environment or certain objects or things and you have to seek them out and take photos. Very, very nice. Um the other thing I've been playing is up on screen. I mean it's kind of overexposed because of the light, but Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um I am covering it currently for IGN. I can I can say that now out in the open. Uh no, there yeah formally entered Early Access. Um, I spoke about it quite at length um, on episode 100 of Project Talk, uh, which you can go check out. Um, but in short, I'm loving it. It's really good. And this is coming from somebody, as I said to you uh, before the show started, Taylor, I'm not somebody who, who really has ever gotten into Animal Crossing. Um, the, the, the concept of the game has always been alluring to me but it's, it's never quite managed to grab hold of me. But there's questing in uh, Dreamlight Valley, which means that you constantly have new, fresh objectives. And obviously, there's the sort of Disney hook that can latch into you with some of your favorite characters. So it's, it's really, really fun. Um, you do have to pay currently to get in. It will be launching free-to-play at some point, probably early next year. Um, and that's probably where the monetization will kick in. There is currently, as far as I'm aware... No monetization in game, so that's nice to see. But I don't think that will last. Even though, even that being said, I would still heartily recommend it if either a) you are a mega fan of Disney, or b) get super engrossed into Animal Crossing. If you feel that you can um, appropriately take on another game of that kind of uh, genre, then then go for it. It's it's a really good time.
2: Okay, um, so oh. I actually want to jump off of that, because I started playing it as well. Um, oh, no. Yeah, so it's really bad for me playing it. <laughs> but I did want to bring it up. Mom, I know you're listening. I think my mom should pick this up. It's 30 bucks, and mm-hmm. she loves Disney. Now, let me sell this for you guys. Whether you're a Disney fan or whatever, or you're my mom, because I know, my, <laughs> I know, again, my mom's listening. I may or may not be your mom. You may or may not be. I'm going to stop there before I get myself in trouble. Anyways, um, music. <laughs> the music is fantastic. I mm-hmm. literally am singing nonstop. Um, luckily I'm in my room alone. So I'm not annoying. Oh, me. I want to
0: see you stream this.
2: Oh God, it's bad. I don't stop singing it. Um, Sing. It's because I know all the Disney music as well. My mom and I actually have competitions where we'll like play Disney music and whoever gets the song first, it's like those random YouTube videos or oh, whatever. That's
0: cute.
2: Um, And we can always guess within like usually two seconds, which song mm-hmm. it is. Um, so yeah. And then I have to tell you guys the puns and the care that was put into the dialogue is like, is fantastic. It is very cheesy, but it's cheesy in a really good way. Mm-hmm. For example, it's like, um, um, you're like talking to Merlin at one point and he allows you to pick a uh, spell. And of course I picked the Higgitus Figitus, which is one of his spells that he uses. Um, and he's like, he's basically is like, oh, I take that as a compliment. And it's like, That kind of care is only comes from if you've actually watched Sword in the Stone. You know what I mean? Like you actually have to have seen that to know because nobody really uses that spell besides Merlin in Sword in the Stone. So there's just like those like small details that are really fantastic. And the music remixes are really fantastic. So many cute outfits. You can cook. You can decorate. Um, I'm trying to get the Coco guitar right now because I love Coco and I want that in my house. So I'm having a great time. Cool. Um, other than that, um, I finally caught Tignari in Genshin. Ah! I've been simping. <laughs> He's so cool. I'm so excited. Um, I can't believe I finally got him. Um, I definitely spent a tiny bit of real money um, because the event was ending in a couple days and How I much? didn't want to like stress like 20.
0: That's not a tiny bit. Tiny bits like I mean, tiny you, bits you, like could, I, I was
1: expecting like triple digits to be fair. So <laughs> 20 is, right, is not right. too bad.
0: It is a gacha game, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, mm. that's like a a solid skin in League. I've spent $30 on one skin before in League, so...
0: Okay, you see, I will defend... <laughs> I don't mind... In the context of microtransactions, I don't mind, nor do I judge people for buying or acquiring skins that they think look cool. I, I like, I unironically think fashioning, like, in games and, like, the attire your character wears is so integral to your... Can be so integral to your identity in the game you're playing. So, like... Mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly justified for a person to go grab a skin for that much money because if they're that attached to it, as opposed to like was worth or it or something where, I, where I, I stereotype you pretty hard.
2: Yeah. I, it's not like, it's just like cosmetic stuff. So, I mean, if you're, ha- yeah. the thing is, is if you're having fun with the game and you put a lot of hours, I mean, at this point, I've probably put at least a hundred hours in the Genshin and League. I don't even want to think about how much time I've spent in League of Legends, Um But yeah, I have like tons of skins and leagues, so I'm not one to like skimp on spending money in games, especially games that are free. So
0: yeah, true. Awesome. I guess that just leaves me. So I've been—it's kind of blindsided me. So I expected to come to the show today saying I've been playing Splatoon, but uh, I picked up Splatoon three on Friday. Haven't, still sealed. I haven't opened it. (laughs) I've been sucked into. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Time Trials, of all things, this is Mm -hmm. a very tailored thing to happen. Um, I've really enjoyed a lot of Nintendo, Mario stuff, Breath of the Wild recently, so I've been kind of on a Nintendo tear, which I'll talk about later today on Save the Game Boy, but I've gotten to the staff time trials on that game, the Mario Kart title um, title for Switch, so if you Uh, listeners and viewers who don't know, so and there's staff who set times for each track, the fastest they can go in three laps, and that's in the game's data. And you can race that staff's ghost to try to beat them. And the reward for beating all of the staff in the non-DLC tracks is getting the gold wheels. And kind of talking about what I said before about people really grinding for aesthetics, I want the gold wheels. So... I started going through to beat the time trials, but it's been a fun challenge. It's very different than the normal Mario Kart grind in racing. It's much more tactical. I don't know if tactical is the word. It feels more in- intentional, precise, calculated. And some of the staff are c- inconsistent. I beat the staff by like six or seven seconds, which for a racing game is an extremely long amount of time. Mm-hmm. But recently, earlier today... I beat staff on the order of less than a hu- less than a hundredth. Sorry, on the order of hundredths of a millisecond. Damn. No, thousandths of a millisecond. <laughs> so, uh, but it's been fun. So I'm six out of twelve cups through. I hope to finish the rest, um, some point over the next week. And I am undecided if I will open Splatoon or not. Now, I am having second thoughts just because I'm really busy this semester. And I don't know. I could either spend money on Splatoon or buy extra bus tokens. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, I'm not saying, I'm not strapped for cash. When it comes to voluntarily spending money on transportation, voluntarily spending money on a game, I think I'd lean into the transportation. So I think Mm -hmm. I'll hold up on Splatoon for now and actually end up returning it unless see the Game Boy later today makes me regret my life choices and I open it up. But this morning I also played Metal Hellsinger Demo. For people who don't know, this is an upcoming game coming to Game Pass on September 15th and releasing on PC and I think console as well on that mm-hmm. date where it's a indie FPS rhythm rhythm metal-based first-person shooter where you hit enemies to the beat of the metal that's going on. As the combo multipliers increase, it adds... Um, instrumentals on top of each other until you hit I think it's the 16 times combo multiplier where then it adds in vocals. And they have collaborations from cl- different classic metal singers um, from around the genre. Like I think Rage Against the Machines vocalist was or sorry, System of a Downs vocalist was, mm-hmm. was in the demo and that was really fun. You could tell it's an indie game. It's a little rough around the edges but like the core gameplay is real fun. I will certainly be checking it out on Game Pass PC when it comes out in four days. But that was fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That sounds cool. really cool. Do they have any of, like, the emo scene metal? There's – I'm not – I don't know if I'm into metal. So let me back up. I don't know if I'm knowledgeable enough about metal subgenres to, to tell you yes or no confidently. Mm, okay. There's metal with screaming, and mm. um, I don't know much more than that. I listen to a lot of metal, especially when I work out, but it's usually the same – very similar genres, like either Power Metal or Classic Metallica or cla- Classic mm. Megadeth. Um, some Trivium, like Gojira, for sure. I get the, I don't know what subgenre you call that, but I'm not so into Metal that I could tell you confidently. But I'm sure there will be a song list when the game comes out somewhere okay. that, that you could confirm. But I definitely recommend checking it out if you have Game Pass. And I don't think they've released the price yet. But have, Sam, do you know if they have?
1: um uh, if they have I haven't seen it I can't say that I've been actively searching
0: I guess I asked um, you because I heard you I don't know because you were on X talk and Kevin was talking about it
1: I did um I I've, I've also played it oh, um okay. yeah. I I agree with you entirely um that it is a little bit rough um but overall I think it's going to be a really good time especially for people who either like heavy metal or are into sort of fast paced doom. Oh yeah. Doom type oh, yeah. Gameplay. You, you can tell
0: it's very inspired by doom, at least doom 2016. And, and it doesn't hide that like mm-hmm. the enemies glow orange when you can close in for a melee kill and reearn health. That is characteristically yeah. a doom 2016 doom eternal feature. Right. So, yeah. I just,
1: I just Googled it and it's, it's listed as uh, $40.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's more of a high score type game, at least from the demo, mm-hmm. but, um, for $40, it's, I think you could make a case for it. I wouldn't say yeah. it's convincingly worth $40, maybe $30. But certainly certainly, Game Pass, if you can play it there, go check it out. Great, great candidate for that service. Yeah. Okay, so without further ado, are we, we ready to um, have some inadequ- inadequate news coverage, guys? Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right, I'll start with this one. So... My buddy Jim, Jimbo, Jimmy Nutron, Jim Bob, Jim Ryan says, God damn it, (laughs) I don't want Jim Ryan. He's usually not this feisty out of the bedroom, but Jim says Xbox's Call of Duty proposal to keep the games on PlayStation is, quote, inadequate. This comes to us from Video Games Chronicle, referencing an interview he did with uh, GamesIndustry.biz. Jim Ryan said, quote, I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion with regards to the Activision Blizzard Call of Duty acquisition um, by Microsoft. says, quote, but I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer bought this into the public forum. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of COD on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. It's quite inadequate. Phil Spencer said... Um, that they would keep COD on PlayStation for, quote, several more years after the current marketing agreement with Activision and PlayStation is over. And this comes after the UK's competition and markets authority over in Sam's land in the UK uh, said it could impact Sony's ability to compete, citing losing access would hurt their revenue and user base, uh, they meaning Sony. Phil Spencer previously said in January, quote, I confirmed our intent, to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep cod on PlayStation, Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. Uh, oh boy. Well, Bree, what do you think? I already heard Sam <laughs> earlier this week talk about it, so let's get some fresh, fresh set. I thought you were going to go into Thanks. your thoughts after that sigh. Um, no, that's right. I'll, I'll, I'll prepare to um, you know, be sad. Well. I mean, this
2: is, like, obviously a lot of PR talk. I mean, that's all that we ever really hear is PR, PR talk. But um, there's several things here that I just, like... One, like, PlayStation isn't going to be hurt that much by this, I don't believe. Like, I think they're crying about it. But I really, at the end of the day, I don't think that, like, this is going to be, like, just, like, awful. And it's just going to, like, completely destroy and wreck PlayStation. No. So. The other thing is is I feel like there's been a lot of like we've been kind of trying to avoid it, but I feel like there's been like not console war stuff, but like almost like Sony's blaming place or like Sony's blaming Microsoft and Microsoft's blaming Sony. And we've had this like going back and forth kind of for like a month or two now with just like a bunch of different stuff. And it kind of sucks because a lot of the times you see them like more congratulatory towards each other. Like, hey, I saw you did this. Great job, guys. Like. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we usually get that kind of energy. And recently it's just been like this weird, like, oh, well, mom, they did this. Like,
0: Yeah, because you know? with every day, the acquisition acquisition gets closer to being approved by international regulatory bodies. So yeah. Sony is trying to pull out all the pit stops here to muddy Microsoft's case for that to happen, right? Yeah, um, for sure. I do also... Yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, I also, the last point I wanted to say for this is that, like, with the, with the, I, I hadn't intended to comment, but I need to set the record straight, like, and saying that, like, the proposal is inadequate and stuff, like, I don't know, like, it just is, like, it's such a weird stance, and it's such a weird statement to make, Um, and it feels a little bit, like, They're almost talking to the PlayStation fan base, like, hey, well, we tried, rather than talking directly to Microsoft. Maybe I'm reading that wrong, but it just feels like the statement was so weird. I don't know. Go ahead.
0: No, you have a point. Um, Yeah, it's... I didn't... How do I say this? I feel like there's so many better ways to go about trying to stop this than going full-on PR reality show with mm-hmm. the, the verbiage. I had intended to comment what I understood. To, like J- Jim did not need to talk about this publici- publicly. This is mm-hmm. thing, a last-ditch effort to... Uh, I don't know if it's last-ditch, but a desperate effort to prevent the acquisition from happening by any means of trial by press necessary. But... <sighs> I think it was really inappropriate for Jim to be to, to, Jim to say, oh this is the proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. It's it's not in Microsoft's financial interest, public interest, or company interest overall to take Call of Duty away from PlayStation. It makes so much money so much money call of duty is an enterprise in and of itself they would be idiots to not take advantage of hosting it on other platforms like on playstation that is sixty dollars a pop maybe even seven dollars a pop in a few years that they could just cash in and cash out every day so they being microsoft so there's no I really don't see Microsoft taking it away from PlayStation. Jim Ryan knows that. Financial analysts at Sony know that. They don't exist in these Microsoft and PlayStation and Sony talk behind closed doors a lot more than it might seem in the public eye, guys. Like, at the end of the day, they're the two huge players. Well, Nintendo's on its own planet, earning over 100 million units on the Switch. But Microsoft and Sony aren't stupid. And they're having a lot of these discussions behind closed doors and they both know it's disadvantageous to take COD from PlayStation. So this kind of banter I think is just a smokescreen or to try to get, try to delay it from happening. I don't even think, I don't think Sony's even confident they could prevent this. I think they might try to delay it. Um, but I think this is just really st- stupid comments by Jim. That is not a good PR decision. I understand all press is good press, and that and that moniker, but this is really stupid way to go about it. And I think Jim needs to seriously reconsider how he talks to the public about mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, what do you think, Sam? Well, actually, um, not an next talk, but you can. Yeah, I mean, I with. do
1: have additional things. I, I will direct people because both, you know, me, Kevin, and Ethan discussed this again, sort of at length, um, our opinions on it. I echo the same sentiments I did there. Um, and to summarize, for people who, who might not necessarily want to watch um, two whole episodes. Um, I will say that for the most part, I agree, I I would still argue that it's a bad look for both companies. Um, because as Bree said, at the start of this, any statement made by anybody, whether it's Sony or Microsoft or whoever, it's been run through so many different PR mouths that it is vapid, it is meaningless. You should not take anything that anybody says at face value because the whole ethos of both ecosystems has has been proven to be completely false. Um, at the beginning of the PS5 lifecycle, it was all about, we believe in generations and Xbox was about, you know, game anywhere with anyone, anytime. And that's only true if you're in their ecosystem. They don't care Mm -hmm. about other ecosystems. And I think this is, you know, it it shows that Sony believes that they are market leader, which currently they they are, but that they have some kind of undue, unwarranted power to exert over Microsoft because of that. And I'm with you, uh, Taylor, 100%. This isn't going to stop the deal passing. I don't think there was ever a, a reality where the deal isn't going to pass. I think they are are buying for time. Um, I said this on X talk, but I think that it could be that they are in the process of trying to with, with a first party or third party partnership to not necessarily build a competitor to Call of Duty, but that they especially have known since this deal was first announced that they would likely eventually lose. Uh, Call of Duty which I do believe that PlayStation will
0: um, think and the reason there, for like... that mm-hmm.
1: the reason for that is because Microsoft have a history of making financially bad moves because they can float the cost. Game Pass is only as great a deal as it is because they aren't the market leaders. I've said this before but if they became market leaders the price of Game Pass is going to skyrocket. They can float the cost because they're a multi-billion dollar company. And I think that the same thing would happen here in the sense that everything you said is 100% true. They would be, it makes financial stupid sense to take it away from other platforms and bad PR wise as well. But I think that they are looking again at Xbox as less of a console and more of an ecosystem race. And because of that, anything that can drive as many people as possible towards Game Pass, which if you know, Call of Duty went exclusive to Xbox or Microsoft ecosystems, it will be available on Game Pass and therefore the ideal way to play that is going to drag a lot of people over to those ecosystems. And I think that even if they lose money making that move, but they gain Game Pass subscribers, they'll view that as the right move. I could be wrong, but that's just my perspective.
0: Mm, Yeah. So, Um, okay. You mentioned that they've made the wrong financial decision in the past uh, with regards to, how they make these sorts of these sorts of large scale financial
2: mm-hmm.
0: choices. So besides, you know, one glaring one is the launch of the Xbox One, Don Matrick, and DRM and that jazz. Other than that, what other example for you comes to mind? Because I'm curious. I only can the only other one I can think of is games with is raising the gold price before they slashed it back down. But that was sure. so transient. <clears throat> um, so I mean actually I don't want to minimize it, but that's another instance, yeah. however short-lived. But what other ones were you thinking of?
1: I'm um So obviously, we're kind of on the precipice of of Game Pass becoming like this. I mean, some would argue that it is already, but this Omega Force that is completely unstoppable. Um, But as far as I'm aware, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Game Pass isn't actively profitable yet?
0: Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, that's correct. So I think
1: that in terms of that, like they could 100% if they wanted to today Announce that the price is going up, but they're not doing that because they know that it's going to be even more appealing if they keep it at the price that it is now. And they know that they can manage that for the time being. The other thing that I would say is the Bethesda deal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we know that there will be some stuff that will remain multi platform. But as far as we know, any new Bethesda IP from any of their studios will be Xbox exclusive, we have a precedent set with that with Starfield um and even like legacy ip like elder scrolls or fallout that is still up in the air at the minute and i wouldn't put it past microsoft at all to say unless something something changes and they need good pr I, I think that those probably will go xbox exclusive as well so i think that is a bad financial decision taking away those megaton ip from other platforms but xbox can afford it so they're going to do it
0: i see i don't think It might be, quote unquote, bad financial decision, but it is so much worse of a decision to take COD away from other platforms because of how much more money it makes. Mm. Like, the scale of the revenue COD brings in is astronomically higher than uh, any Bethesda IP, even Skyrim. Okay? People who barely play games, they're playing the most casual Mm -hmm. gamers play one of i'm going to say maybe five games right Fortnite Madden FIFA Call of Duty NBA 2K and maybe there's one I'm forgetting I feel right? like
2: Smash would be one but
0: Smash might be one system. but in the non Nintendo gaming sphere those if you're corner like one of those big heavy hitters it's like Call of Duty. People buy whatever console just to play COD. And that's the only game they play. They just buy their system for COD and they and but you don't really see that for a Bethesda title. So I guess the scope the scope of Call of Duty to me seems it's so much worse if Microsoft takes it away. That I think what you're saying that with given their track record, could they do it? Sure they could. And I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised. But I think Microsoft can't even fold themselves on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For...
1: I mean, I'm, I'm with you that it is an unprecedented scale, particularly if they do decide to float the cost and take it away from other, other platforms. But I, I, I would argue that my point still stands, that if they can float the cost, then they probably will because ultimately that will just drive people towards Xbox ecosystems.
0: Right, And, that's, and if that makes yeah, them that the market the leader, goal. they make yeah. more
1: money. Um, and then once people, more people are in the eco- ecosystem because Call of Duty is exclusive, that's when they can jack up the prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that before, not just with Microsoft, but with Sony like PS5 price increase because that's it's the be market leader. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, any, Technically, anything could go. We could all be wrong. One of us could be right. We could all be right. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. We're just
0: speculating because
1: speculating is fun. Exactly.
0: Um, So
2: I have a question then. So if they're planning on... So how long is the agreement at this point then? Like six years out?
0: I think it's, it's six years. So they extended it three years, but there was already three years left. So I think it's six years. So PlayStation will remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement ends. And I think the current agreement goes to 2025, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think think that's six years. Let me see. Um,
1: So theoretically, if if they did decide to, I mean, you know, Sony have technically rejected this deal so it could fall through. Um, This deal, I mean, not the Activision Blizzard deal because that will pass. Um, But theoretically, if that deal did stay in place, then realistically, we're probably looking at Call of Duty going exclusive at the beginning of the next, console life cycle yeah
2: that's what i was going to say is they're lining it up it sounds like with like a console launch because then they can launch a console and be like hey this is the only place you can play call of duty and that's how they're going to up their numbers yeah. because every time we hit a new console life cycle it's like that that fight begins all over again of like who's right. going to
0: win this generation and, and maybe they won't put master chief on the box when the game gets delayed a year from the console's launch <laughs> <laughs> Three, four, yikes. Yikes. Maybe. i mean to be fair like i
1: said i think i said this on x talk but halo as an ip is kind of dying a bit of a death right now like it's not oh yeah it's bad but it's bad like the the past two mainline entries have arguably been failures i've heard the show
2: was bad too
1: yeah there was like they i think they need they they almost you could argue need call of duty to be exclusive more now than ever
0: um interesting that's interesting yeah
2: I would almost argue that they could bring Halo back, though. It wouldn't be that hard.
0: Oh, they could, of course. If they
2: had like a banger of a game, like, well, there's been a lot of internal
0: talks that they'd switch internal developers working on Halo. So you still have Halo, but instead of a 343, um, I know a lot of people have been suggesting throw the coalition on it or Mm -hmm. throw another uh, very well performing internal Xbox developer on it, throw an IT software Mm -hmm. on it, you know. Um, Yeah, for sure. So that's another thing, too, that they could not take away Halo, but totally change the development and management structure of the game.
1: But then the the argument would be that they made 343 pretty much exclusively to make Halo games. Yeah, so then they would be they take away Halo from the Halo studio. And yeah. then you run the risk of what if the game from the other studio fails? That looks equally as bad, because you've now taken mm-hmm. it away from the but studio. Yeah. Mate. It's it's such a mess. It's well, such the amount of
0: studios that Microsoft has acquired and has access to now, I think they could reabsorb all of 343's team elsewhere internally yeah. without skipping a beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right, there's... I've heard this in another podcast, too. There needs to be... I guess we're going a little off topic here. but Yeah, I was going
2: to say it's uh, a little bit of a digress. Um, a little bit of a
0: digression, but there needs to be some <laughs> accountability regards to the direction of that. And it's interesting, Bring it back around, it's interesting you say that, Sam. I think it's a very cool point you bring up that they're in dire need of a new mascot for the interim as the chief, Master Chief isn't performing. And maybe, maybe Joe Call of Duty is the answer, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the guy ominously glowing orange, looking off to
0: the right with a gun. I always think of the Black Ops cover with two pistols down like this, True. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of uh, actually, I'm gonna not say that comment. Um, yeah,
2: <laughs> I uh, really quick, I think I want to retract. I I think I would almost argue that Game Pass has to be, uh, profitable. Um. I, we don't have to get into it because obviously this is like a Sony podcast, but I said earlier that it, I don't think it is. I'm taking it back and I think it is because if you think about Netflix has to be making a huge profit. There's no way that Netflix isn't. And Netflix was running on cheaper than the Game Pass Ultimate is. Um, and if Netflix was making profit, then Xbox has to be.
0: I mean, but then do you consider volume of subscribers? Yeah, they might be making profit, but it's oh, yeah, not. Sure. but it's not enough profit to sustain the service.
2: For sure, and
0: I, day one and stuff oh, at the current right. pricing structure. Yeah. Let's say right, right.
2: definitely, right. and I think that they would look to increase prices for like all of these kinds of game passes. But I think that I don't think that they're eating much of the cost, if any at all, because like, okay. like it, it wouldn't it make sense for Netflix to be profitable if oh, it wasn't.
0: I, I think they're eating a lot more cost. Microsoft is so much bigger than Netflix. Oh, Microsoft. for sure. So I think they.
2: I'm not saying that they can't eat the cost. I'm saying it, they probably aren't. That's that's all I was saying. Is I was just saying, thing. like, I after I was doing some, like, not math in my head, but I was, like, thinking about it, I just wanted to say that I think it, it may be minorly profitable.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. Now I think now we start getting into semantics where it's, like, technically it is profitable, but, again, is it profitable to, to for the service to be sustainable? And mm-hmm. the yeah. answer to that right now is... Up in the air, or no, in my opinion.
1: Probably probably not.
0: Right. Maybe. But it's interesting. Like, yeah. But anyway, we're on X Talk. Let's, (laughs) let's, (laughs) let's. Hey, if they they
2: can do a Last of Us review.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but
2: we can do a Game Pass review. (laughs) Please
0: tell us about uh, more God of War Ragnarok information from Game Informer. Oh, wait. Actually, do you not want to read this? Because you were trying to stay away.
2: (laughs) I was trying to stay away, but I'm going to hear you guys read it, even if I. All right. Yeah, it's true. I'm sorry. No, sorry. no, it's it's really okay. Um, so new God of War Ragnarok gameplay and accessibility details. Uh Game Informer released a showcase. Oh my god, I cannot say that.
0: Sparta mm-hmm. There you
2: go. Yeah. Um, of that <laughs> and Ragnarok's new accessibility feature as part of its Ragnarok cover story. Um, we will be able to explore all nine realms in this sequel, according yes. to the game's director. My
0: biggest request from the first game was being able to do that, especially Asgard. But anyway,
2: I'm glad that we get to go back to anyways. I know oh, you yeah. didn't like it but I did um, New gameplay focused on the sparkle <laughs>
1: Sparkleheim
2: <laughs> ah, As a new realm um, So characterized by dwarven ingenuity And environment environmental puzzles um, You're going to freeze geysers With the leviathan axe Break pots with the blades um, And move Atreus to help with puzzles A canoe makes a return in open water Woo I love the canoe <laughs> More variety and verticality within one realm. That's good to hear. Um, Accessibility features. uh, So 60 plus modifications available focused on hearing, vision, motor skills, and cognitive understanding. For example, a bell sound for a puzzle uh, can have its length extended for players who need the extra time. Uh, Mapping actions to the touchpad like navigation assist, Spartan rage, quick turns, shield strikes, high contrast color palettes. Um, you can slow down moving environmental targets for puzzles. Uh, these are only a handful of the features shown uh, more to many more to see come launch day. I love seeing accessibility stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like, always genuinely like, and, and to hear like, for example, with like last of us, they had like a bunch of not excessive. Well, I guess it technically would be accessibility, but stuff to help when you're like super scared of zombies, like Ethan and stuff like that. That's accessibility. So yeah, no, that's what I was saying is it's not like,
0: Right, it's not, it's not traditional, it's more of a... It definitely is privilege. accessibility. <laughs> I guess it's more of a... No, it's still, I'd still call it accessibility, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so,
2: yeah, I don't know, I just love seeing that kind of stuff, because it's like, the more people the more people that can game, the more people we can talk to about it and the more games that we can have. I don't know. There's just like nothing to be lost from adding accessibility. I understand that it's like a time cost for the developers, but I think that that time cost is worth it to allow more people to experience the game, especially with like a huge game like this where they have to have like a huge budget, huge team all working on this game. So I guess it's not like the biggest of teams, but you know what I mean? Like where it's like, they, they have the ability to kind of add this kind of stuff. So it makes me really happy to see this. Um, so,
0: yeah. right yeah it's what also financially profitable right if you're more accessible more people play the game so i'm saying from all angles it's a good thing um mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's i am because accessibility is great last of us part two kind of blew the doors open on playstation now earning a reputation for the first party games of having extensive accessibility features continued it with last of us part one and spider-man on pc and now here with Ragnarok. I think it's great. Especially interesting with the touchpad macros is something I wouldn't have predicted, but cool. Um I'm also liking that they're varying their level design um in in Svartelheim and the new realms with the, the verticality. I think that should be fun. That's there were some lifts in Ragnar in the original God of War twenty eighteen, like that, you know, in terms of um, changes in verticality, and of course, mm. climbing up the mountain. But when you're kind of pre-roaming, there isn't a terrible amount of shifting in that route that I think it would be cool to explore when you're not summon- um, summoning a mountain. But uh, what do you Absolutely. think, Sam? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I-, I can't remember where else I've said it, but it's it's one of those things where anytime I see accessibility, it's a win. It's something that I never use because I'm fortunate enough to not have to need it. Right. But the fact that it's there is is super cool uh, more games need this this level of accessibility um options um but that's all kind of like well trade ground a lot of people say that yeah. um, as they should but the in terms of the actual showcase i mean again i won't delve too much not that there was much to talk about necessarily um but a lot of people have been talking about this showcase of, of being like wow, I wasn't expecting it to just look like more God of War 2018.
0: Oh, I hate that. Give me it's more like, of it. What, sure. What do you expect? You it's
1: don't steep. want more of a 10 out of 10 game. You, you mm-hmm. just don't want more of it. Whether you consider this DLC, which is BS um, or <laughs> not, you're still getting more of a masterpiece. So mm-hmm. it's like, even if you want to be pessimistic enough to view it as just DLC, like that's still a good thing. It's not DLC for a bad game. Like what, it it looks really cool. Um, It's, it's one of those things where some of the, the changes are very minor, but they are visible. And I think that it will vary up certain gameplay elements just enough where it doesn't feel like you are just playing 2018 again. And there's these little incremental cool things brought in. Um, Wish, wish that they'd shown more, honestly, Um, obviously, not anything story related. I I don't want to see any of that pre release, but they'll drip feed it. Yeah, just a a little bit more of gameplay, a little bit, maybe more of traverse or something like that would have been cool. But it's
0: it's nice to get details regardless of what it is. Cool, yeah, definitely. And something, one last thing I wanted to add to it the accessibility side is as people who play games and listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, most of you play games, but for someone like Brianna's mom who I'm gonna call it my podcast here. You don't people, fellow gamers and players, don't realize how much practice and um acclimation is needed to control efficiently and, and timely in games, especially mm-hmm. with real-time combat. Like there was a YouTube video I think I saw of it was either my wife played Zelda for the first time or played a video game for the first time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a very hard time of, like, timing the jump button correctly to get over a gap or something like that. And it's just very, very simple things. Regardless of, of course, if you have an ailment that prevents you from experiencing games, um, then without those, that's that's one thing. But also for folks who just aren't that experienced playing video games yet and who need some training wheels, accessibility options are a great way to get them on board that we don't ever think about because it's second nature to us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so something to keep in mind that that sometimes is all too familiar in this little fun echo chamber of ours, but Amen. yeah. Awesome. Um, but Sam, what are your thoughts on Jason, Jason Blundell?
1: <sighs> Jason Blundell, ladies and gentlemen, has left. Sony's AAA studio, um, Deviation Games. This is a third-party partnership. It's it's not, um, you know, Sony don't own the studio yet, although I can imagine that coming in the future. Uh, Deviation is currently, as far as we know, working on a AAA multiplayer um, FPS new IP for Sony. Um, for people who might not know Jason Blundell's name, he used to be the co-studio head at Treyarch, um, which is obviously one of the Call of Duty trilogy of developers uh, with Sledgehammer and Infinity Ward. Uh, In light of his departure, Deviation has announced that Louis Castle is the new Senior Vice President in development, with God of War alumni Jonathan Hawkins and Dean Reimer uh, joining, as well as Call of Duty Black Ops developer Tony Flame coming onto the team as well. Um, it's, It's a bummer, I think. Like... Again, we've seen nothing of this game, so I can't quantify how much of a bummer it is, but to see basically a studio head um, or somebody leading development on a project leave, that's typically not a good sign. Um, And if we're talking about Call of Duty going away from PlayStation, this isn't the kind of thing you want to happen to a triple A FPS that you're developing. So that's my thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's Yeah, it's not a good look, but we don't we already don't know. Sorry, let me rephrase that. We know so little about what mm-hmm. they're working on that it's difficult to judge if how, you know, quote-unquote bad of a loss is that. Yeah. We haven't seen any original work from from Blundell outside of Activision. So I think it's a little bit of a a sour note but it's if you're really getting sad or doom and gloom over this it's unwarranted because there's so much you don't know mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a as a follower of this so I'm interested to see where they go and finally have a reveal for what they're working on I really want to know if it you know is it a traditional game FPS where there's a campaign multiplayer like Kaddish or is it multiplayer only what's I just want to see a trailer and learn more about it but uh, it's a little sad but what do you think, Bree?
2: Um, so a couple of things. One, we don't know why he's leaving. Or at least I don't think we do. All um. Right. So that's one factor that I think True. Like, we don't know if it was like there's something went wrong and that's why. Mm-hmm. Or if it was just simply that like he's retiring and needs some time away from games and is like burnt out. Like we we have no idea. I
0: think he found a new opportunity elsewhere. Let me see.
2: While you're looking that up, the other thing I was going to say is that like. Somebody that's this high up in a company doesn't just leave. So it's very unfortunate timing that the, the leave is being announced now, but this has to have been in the works at least for two weeks, right? Way longer than that. It's probably been a few months that this has been worked on. Um, Cause you don't just like leave a company when you're this high up, you say like, Hey, I'm in, I'm, I'm moving. I'm leaving this company. How can we transition to somebody else kind of thing? Right. So, They've been working on this for a long time for this transition. So I don't think I think that the timing is unfortunate for the announcement, but they've been working on this for a while, so I wouldn't stress it too much.
0: Yeah. So apparently Blundell has not given any word on what he's doing next. This comes to us from thegamer.com. I just looked up. Whether it's joining yeah. a new studio or taking some time off, no reason was given for his departure. So every yeah. so so we don't know so
2: yeah yeah, so i mean it 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 could have been something horrible happened it could be just that he needs some time away from video games that happens unfortunately a lot with developers is that they experience like pretty severe burnout and have to step away from the industry so
0: yeah it's crunch is real well we don't know if this was crunch but we don't know there's definitely a lot of stressors people overworked in the games and that's Mm -hmm. that's familiar but we don't know but we'll see what happens right Mm, Mm -hmm.
2: For sure. Maybe the FPS was never going to work out anyways. I'm
0: just kidding. (laughs) Oh, well, that's a different story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In other news, we have a new gray camouflage collection hitting PS5 this fall. So matching PS5 console plates, Pulse 3D headsets, and controller gray uh, camouflage color gamuts will be hitting the market. Pre-orders begin September 15th in the camo dual sense and covers uh release on October 14th with the camo pulse headset in December. And I think these look kind of ugly, mm-hmm. but I am sure someone in the military will buy it.
2: There's and people that are so into ser- camo. <laughs> there's certainly a big
0: market in the US military for PlayStations and people who support yeah. the military. So I uh, think this is ugly, but it'll probably get PlayStation some, some dollars.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely, Ultimately I, mean, I think <laughs> it's 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 just cool that they are continuing to put out customizable or cu- mm-hmm. not customizable but customization options. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I think what the general consensus <laughs> with all of us is that it's definitely not for us.
2: Mm-mm. I'm sure you can tell it's camo seems to be my aesthetic. Now, yeah. um. <laughs> I think that this is great for some people, but where's my God of War Ragnarok freaking plates?
0: God damn it. Oh yeah, you should um check out decals. Like people who do independent decals for okay. stuff.
2: My dad's girlfriend has a has again. We've talked about this. A cricket machine. I could make it myself. Do it. I could do it. I'm not gonna. I'm mad. Make, where's
0: look? You say it? you're bad. Go to Etsy. Buy no, one. I'm mad. Oh, I'm mad. Okay.
2: Look how beautiful this thing is. Yeah, I want another one. Breeze, Breeze holding one.
0: up her God of War uh, PS4, PS4 controller for audio listeners.
2: It's so pretty. I want another one.
0: I think they'd be. I find it very hard to believe they won't release any <laughs> special edition accessories for the game out of the cl- I hope besides so. the collector's edition. I find it very hard if to they believe they, they don't.
2: Carrier, do that.
0: They what? Huh?
2: If they can have a cat carrier <laughs> for stray. Uh, I think I can get a controller, please. That's
0: an interesting. I'm yeah.
2: still, they're still selling it. I'm this close to buying. What is it,
0: 200 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was <laughs> guessing.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's 150 or 200. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah.
1: Whatever floats your boat. We're yeah. getting
2: camo and we're not getting God of War Ragnarok stuff. And I'm just a little salty about that, but I'm happy for the people that love the camo.
0: Yeah. All right, who wants to talk about 1440p?
2: I think it's my turn. Um new okay. PS
0: isn't it? Yeah.
2: Is it Sam's turn?
0: No, it's your turn. Show, right? Does it have to be turns? Like when you Okay. Take your turn. <laughs> yeah, we Actually, yeah, take your turn. Don't yell
2: at me, I'll cry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um New PS5 features or, oh my goodness, new PS5 system software update is out. I know it's out because my PlayStation woke me up. It was like, yo, update's out. And I was like, Can you-? I'm <laughs> trying to sleep here. Did it wake up
0: from rest mode?
2: Yeah. It like was like making a bunch of noise and like turning off and on. And I was like, damn it. Oh, it was yeah. like 4 or 5 a.m.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my like... PS5 has been off for an undisclosed amount of time. Probably embarrassing long, me long for uh, hosting a PlayStation mm-hmm. podcast. But I'm going to get go, back into Ghost of Tsushima soon. But anyway.
2: <laughs> anyway, so we've got 1440p game lists, and new social features. Uh, VR still, on- I'm assuming it's just supposed to be VR, still only supports 1080 and 4K? So Yeah, VRR. Want- oh, VRR refresh rate. VRR. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, VR? I was like, what? Anyways, um, 1080p and 4K. So if you want 1440p, it's 60 frames max. Um, social features include requesting share screens from another party member, better viewing the friend's Profiles um, or quicker joining of a friend's game. Um, I have never really like had to use any of those features. So
0: I, I've joined a game on Apex on PS5 like twice.
2: I used to play Overwatch on PS4, but I haven't in forever.
0: Okay.
2: Um, can uh, so you can compare 3D audio and stereo audio on the same screen. Uh, better access in progress activities from game hubs. Uh, YouTube search through voice command saying HP, just in case I don't want to activate anything, find blank <laughs> on YouTube, uh, can now launch a remote session and request share screen on the PS5 app so you can watch your friends play on your phone. That I am very interested in that because I really do love watching people play video games. Um, I know that some people don't really enjoy that, um, but I really enjoy watching people play games and like hanging out, so
0: hmm I don't think your PS once your PS5's on and your mic is on. I don't think saying hey, PlayStation, find blank on YouTube would trigger anything.
2: You never know. There could be somebody listening to the podcast out loud and you just triggered something.
0: Yeah, well, it's their fault. I
2: can't say my home pod.
0: Well, there was a Look, prank it's video. It's listening to me.
2: It's right there. It's listening.
0: All right. Look, so a, we
2: gotta be careful.
0: There's a prank video on YouTube of a guy on Xbox One COD lobbies, and his name was Xbox Turn Off. And he was really good and he kept killing everyone. And there were guys like screaming, "Yeah, what the hell, Xbox turn off. And then you can see they left the game because they shut down. The- <laughs> That's
2: really good. That's a good prank. <laughs> yeah. And our, we have a lot of um, Apple products in our home. So we say HS mostly. <laughs> mm. So yeah. HS, but, I don't get it. Because it's like the activation is like for the activation. Oh, hey, C- Oh, right?
0: like, hey, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, so we say HS a lot because we are, like, trying to not activate it, like, if you talk about it, because um, she's listening <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. Uh My favorite part, this is so random, but my favorite part, so my home pod is right next to my cat's, like, cat tree. When she stretches her paw out, she'll press play on it all the time. <laughs> anyway.
0: Very mm, no, you. good. So, yeah, what do you think of the update, Bree?
2: Mmm um besides it waking me up that really pissed me off um (laughs) besides that it's good i mean updates are always good i think we've got some good stuff i think it's unfortunate that for 1440p you can only get 60 frames max um however i don't think it's like the end of the world because i think for a lot of time like we've been running 60 frames so i don't think it's yeah i think horrible
0: yeah i think above 60 frames on consoles are overrated Mm -hmm. but But what I do like about VRR is if your frame rate is somewhat unstable, goes from all jumps between 30 and 60, that's where Mm -hmm. I like VRR a lot more on the console space to make variance in frame rate look smoother. Yeah. But yeah, I have a 1440p monitor. So when 14, I got the 1440p beta update for the system before the official update. Now, that was great. And it's 1440p is crisp, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. I got what I wanted, my 1440p. And other than that, I don't really care about getting more than 60 frames on a console. But because I'm saying that, but I do, when I do have a PC, that can go 144. So that's from a point of uh, position of privilege. But um, yeah, what do you think, Sam? Yeah,
1: I'm with you. I think like VR is arguably the most important thing here. Not quite where people would necessarily want it to be. It everything there works for me, though. Like uh, I'm kind of with both of you that anything over sixty is kind of overkill. But even if that is the case, it's still nice to you know have something that can go beyond just in case for whatever reason. Um, I like being able to switch between 3D and stereo um, and to test it. That's just me being an, an audiophile, liking to um have the audio quality in in my games as as tactile and malleable as possible um and then the only other thing which is kind of going under the radar is the um improvements to the in-progress activities on the game hub not something that i use often necessarily but um it's almost acting as a and this isn't across every game so i don't want to generalize but it's kind of like quick resume um Mm. Uh, on the Xbox side where in the activities hub underneath, uh, if you go onto the PS5 main screen you tap down on a game the activities will now be displayed f- straight away right in front of you and you can click on one of them to activate the activity and it kind of boots you directly into where that activity takes place within the game Um just so like quality of life things, very minor in the grand scheme of things but it's still nice yeah
2: cool. i uh as a pc gamer this means nothing i'm just kidding <laughs> i have 144 so uh-huh. yeah that's uh-huh. what i said <laughs> so yeah no i'm just kidding i th- i am not worried about this but
0: for the record pc master race sucks on reddit that's all I'm <laughs> It's a bad subreddit. PC gaming is a superior PC subreddit by Country Mile. Shots mm-hmm. being fired.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Watch out, Reddit's going to come for
0: you. Oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> come I at only, me, bro. He's only use Reddit for two things, wasting time and finding co-hosts. That is true. And it works. And Sorry. it works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it did.
2: Uh... But anyway,
1: yeah. speaking anyway. of shots being fired, it's a segue The final news story is that we have a new PSVR 2 title officially announced. It is Firewall Ultra, um, developed by the same studio that created Firewall Zero Hour for the original PSVR. (laughs) It is set five years after the original game. It is 4K HDR with remade character models. There is a map overhaul with new textures and areas, new locations and contractors, more weapon and equipment customization. Essentially, it is an improvement in every way over the original with dedicated servers. Um, Each match on these servers is now a best of three and adding new AP versus E. There is also added PSVR2 sense technology like eye tracking to swap weapons and to bring up the HUD seamlessly. Um, And I believe also, there is haptic feedback um, uh, embedded in this game in both the controller and the headset. Does this do anything for either of you two?
0: I, nope. <laughs> I, I did not know what this game was before I put the story in. But I saw it because I didn't have PSVR. But I looked at trailers of this of Firewall Ultra. And it looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. Having new PvE stuff is cool. And it looks like a game that I could be interested in if it wasn't locked behind a 500 plus US dollar piece of hardware. Mm. What about you saying you played? The... Sorry, Brie. No, no,
2: go ahead. Did you play the original? That's a great, great question.
0: I did.
1: I did. Not, not I didn't get into it. Um, it was, I, I can't remember whether it was one of the um things they did over the summer where I think it was where they gave away free games for like a couple of months. I think one of them had a wave of PSVR titles as well. Um, And I remember getting it there, whether it was one of those things or whether it was a PS Plus monthly, it doesn't matter. Um, I played it for maybe like 10 hours total. Um, And obviously, it's like essentially a multiplayer-only game. Um, So that's not really that much time in the grand scheme of things. But enough to get like an idea of what it is. It's essentially like kind of a mix of Call of Duty and Rainbow Six Siege um it's a fun more tactical shooter it's not really fast paced at all um team-based objective based yeah it was it was fun um i'm not going to get this Uh, i mean i've said before that i will be getting psvr2 when it goes into pre-order um both for myself and it means that i can cover it here if we want um (laughs) but yeah no this this it does look cool and I'm enticed by the idea of the new technology and the improvements, but in terms of the actual game itself, no.
2: Okay, so a couple of things. One, to show you how much I like, I knew about this. I was like, when I saw Firewall Ultra, I didn't even like read the whole thing. I was just like, Firewall Ultra, not on here. But when I first saw the announcement, like when it was posted, wherever, um, I thought they were talking about Firewatch, and I was like, <sighs> I never played. And I got Firewatch. so excited. Oh.
1: And so I have it in my
0: good. library. I think the ending was pretty bad, but oh.
2: yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But I did enjoy the experience of Firewatch. <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend it. Um, I ended up playing it because school was canceled because of pollution in Utah. So mm. yes. yeah, I played it. Like
1: <laughs> that's Is that's that great? quite you know ironic, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: I thought it was. I was like, well, I can't think of anything else better to do. <laughs> So that's what I thought. What this announcement was, and then like, of course, like the Firewall Walt Ultra, and it's not Fire Watch. I was like, Ugh. but um, I haven't decided if I'm getting PSVR two yet. I really, genuinely don't use my PSVR, but I also don't know how to set it up. But I also don't put energy into learning how to set. up. I
0: think up. you. Re- it's just some wires.
2: So yeah, no, you just like plug stuff in.
0: Like okay, that's really I'm saying all that it it's real clunky but... from what I hear, but like it's not. I have the original difficult. one
2: as well, so it's even more clunky than like because they didn't like do oh, they, like a second one but they like revision yeah there's one that's like more slimmed down
1: does yours have the like box part way down the wire yes right okay that's mine where i doesn't. get confused
2: yeah. <laughs> so yeah so that's that's my problem is that box it's it's not that of the world i could figure it out but i also don't care that much i mean you mm-hmm. can see how much space i have i could almost like touch my bed so it's not that big of a deal. I don't know if I'm even going to get PSVR 2. So I don't know if this really does anything for me. The other thing I wanted to say is I really just want PS. I want VR to be further than it is. And it's not. And I- <laughs> I'm i ready for like Sword Art of Online. You know what I mean? I'm ready to like oh. live that like full VR, full immersion experience. I really and play we are Apple so Life, far away from that. Yeah. <laughs> if that ever even happens. So that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Live my anime fantasies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I just really want to play Half Life Alex.
2: I do want to play Half Life Alex. That's and that's. I better. think
0: like the cheapest solution I found was like the Quest Two, which is uh, price was raised. Now it's like four. I here's, don't know.
2: Here's my resolution for you: you find a friend that already has a system that can play it, and you say, "I'll buy you this game if you let me play it."
0: Oh wait, I shouldn't be even complaining. My university libraries have HTC Vibes in them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely I do that. The University of Utah had a bunch of stuff like I that. I could that as just well. bring
0: Half-Life Alex on a hard drive and be like, "Yo, mm-hmm. let me reserve this for like four days at three-hour time slots and play this game." <laughs> yeah. There you go.
2: I don't yeah. know. You may be able to also. I don't know if your like PC can handle it, but you may be able to like also bring the equipment home. I know for like the U, you could bring equipment home if you oh. like checked it out.
0: Okay, so. maybe yeah. Um, cool. But that wraps up the news for today guys so now we move into limitless our discussion a section of the podcast to talk <gasps> about whatever we want and i don't think did we th- did we so last week we talked about with ethan games books to be converted to a video game did we talk about games you want to convert to a book
2: Mm-mm, we didn't so did we have we that guys- one we have the bottom one and we have the top one maybe if you guys want to talk about it we don't
0: have to Oh, we talked about it with Ethan, but I want to hear. Actually, I want to hear.
2: I wanted to hear what Sam has Sam to say. Has but... to
0: say. Um, are there any game awards that you're willing to make a bet on now, either in terms of nominations or more emphasizing winning awards? And yeah. And this is, let's say, restricted to the game awards in, in December okay. with Jeff Keeley. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um,. Well, I mean, the obvious one would be that God game War. of the year is either going to be God of War or Elden Ring, um, depending yeah, on how good God of War is. Um, I am I'm I'm racking my brain of things that have come out to think if I'm missing something. No, I'm going to say it. I'm. You're probably going to mention an indie that I haven't thought of, and it's going to break my heart. But I'm gonna I'm gonna plant a flag and predict that Sifu will win best indie.
0: Over Cult of um, the Lamb. Ooh. I
1: I would still say yes. Um I think that there are lots of things like Cult of the Lamb. Um, maybe not aesthetically or sort of in terms of what narratively is going on. But I think Sifu is just it knew exactly what it wanted to be. It was succinct, it was stylistic, it was uh, a complete surprise, which I think is something that is going for it. Um, you know, if if something comes out and you know it's going to be good, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of wow factor lost there that might not necessarily sway votes, but I think from public perception, that, that goes a long way if you were kind of not necessarily anticipating something to be super great, but then it was. Um, I think that can kind of, even if it's artificially inflating it, I think that still counts towards something. So I'm going to say, Sifu is going to be the indie darling. Again, there might be something that I'm not thinking of, um, but that's where I'm going to go. Um, is there going to be something else that I could say?
2: Um, I was going to ask if you have any opinions on like what best soundtrack is going to be because I couldn't think of like I there's not really been any games that like the soundtrack has been like it for me.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure i heard you guys mention that um with making on his name bear mccreary coming back for ragnarok that could probably be a good show-in um because okay. i think that the god of war 2018 soundtrack is underrated and even then i think it's highly lauded as a, as a very good soundtrack um again you could say elden ring but i think i think arguably as much as i love a lot of tracks on that soundtrack i don't think anything is on the level of its main theme
0: Mm -hmm. Um, oh i love the main theme of the main menu that gets me going
1: exactly (laughs) but i think outside of that i i don't know that there's enough tracks Mm. not that it's necessarily defined by the amount of tracks that are memorable but I think that it's that one song, and maybe that's enough to push it over the edge. I don't know. Um, I, I might. It's a bit of a wild card, but I might say Forbidden West as well. Mm. Um, See, that's what
2: I was wondering, is because I haven't touched Forbidden West, so I yeah. wasn't sure.
1: Like again, not that there's anything actively memorable about it, but I think like um, obviously they did the live performance of Forbidden West uh a couple of years ago at game awards um i i think that if you hear horizon music i think it's relatively hard to misinterpret that it's horizon music i think it's got a very unique style to it in kind of the, the synthy um but also kind of retro lots of um percussion i think that could that could that could get score as well other than that, I think it it's up in the air for so many things. Like, mm-hmm. could you say uh, a best family title? Um,
2: Disney Dreamlight Valley.
1: That would be my choice. <laughs> Do I think it's going to win? Probably not.
0: Elden Ring. Um, uh, it's
1: fantasy. But it's, but it's not family, is it? It's
0: very oh, family I friendly. Said, I thought
1: you said fantasy, not family. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Elden Ring is the oh most my family God. God, friendly Never mind, game. Never mind. <laughs> um kirby that'll fan. probably be yeah uh, skywalker saga splatoon 3 maybe
0: um
1: eh, or, or or um i can't remember the full title but the kirby game that came out kirby forgot oh, i didn't get That's to play it.
2: that i want to play i love kirby i want to so get it too
0: right. i also I, think, I just enjoy good platformers now because like
1: be. typically nintendo dominate in that category so it would i would imagine it would be some nintendo ip
2: Mm, I, you know what, I will be honest. I really do love Kirby music. It's some of the best music, so that would make me happy. Mm. Alrighty, I'm glad that we got that insight. Yeah, I think like my biggest thing is I think that Elden Ring is gonna win Game of the Year, and then I think that God of War is gonna hit Narrative Best Narrative, which is I think what they want. I could see that. I think I'm not that they wouldn't want Game of the Year, but I think that they want Best Narrative. So.
1: Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's hard to compete with Elden Ring. Um,
2: yes, I it is very I could hard. very
1: easily find myself playing Ragnarok and thinking it's the better game, but I think in terms of impact, Elden Ring is kind of went stratospheric this year. Mm-hmm. And even if Ragnarok is like somehow even better than 2018, um, I I don't see it necessarily rocket fueling that high up.
2: I don't think it can eclipse the Elden Ring experience. And it's not, like, that's not a shot at God of War. It's it's more of just, like, that's just how expansive Elden Ring was. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think that that's, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Elden Ring will just, like, absolutely get dunked on by Ragnarok. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think so. so. Which one are you wanting to tackle next, Taylor?
1: Uh,
0: I think we'll do one more. Yeah. Are there any video games that you want to be converted into a book? That were not a book prior. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll go first because I thought of the question and I really want to okay. see this. Yeah. Bloodborne. Give me a Please. Me- okay. Oh, okay. Bloodborne book would be so cool.
0: Yeah, emulating H.P. Lovecraft's racism that he puts into his original. <laughs>
2: yes, we're pulling straight from H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft.
0: For those who don't know, H.P. Lovecraft heavily inspired a lot of the eldritch horror genre, including Bloodborne, and he was an incredibly racist man.
2: <laughs> so racist. Like, That's shockingly. True. So even for his time, people were yeah. like, whoa, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but Bloodborne, you think, Brie?
2: Yeah, Bloodborne would be so cool. And I specifically mean, like, n- like taking the storyline and th- that we don't really get. Because we do have the storyline, but it's more um, diegetic, like, as far as the storytelling aspects of the game. I would really love to see just, like, the pure storytelling aspect where it's, like, we're not getting, like, that gameplay. Not that I don't love the gameplay because I-, I very much do. Yes. But I just would love to see that experience of, like so you're in the hunter's dream and like, what does that mean for you and what happens when you come out of the hunter's dream and stuff like that? Like, that would be such a good book.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. That would be awesome. What do you think, Sam? (laughs) Sam, should I go?
1: No, no, I think I've got, I've got two, um, that I think would kind of be self-evident in terms of when I say them, you'll understand why, But I was going to say any Bethesda IP, but I'll specifically say Fallout because I think Elder Scrolls, whilst it has unique elements, I think would step on too many toes in the fantasy genre maybe. Um, But Fallout is maybe a little bit more distinct. Um, And I think some interesting stories could be told there. Um, And then my other one, you talking about um, Half-Life Alex and Valve triggered me. Um, And I thought... What about Portal? Oh, that'd be Ooh. great or some game like in an the aperture Portal. science based yes. book of like some random scientist in aperture labs oh experiencing God. something that' would be great under cave
0: Johnson that would so happy. I yeah. love cave Johnson yep that's Sorry. a great an aperture or black mesa universe mm. game. Um, oh, well, can you imagine the getting
2: been... the story behind, like, the cake, too? Like, how they, like, introduce the cake in and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, uh... and what, what's
1: the name of the the weird guy who's behind all the walls and stuff? G-Man? No, 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 in, <laughs> um, in, in Portal. Um, no, I'm serious, like, Brie. The...
0: I know, Who... <laughs> it's just... Oh, the guy that was... Maybe I'm not familiar. All I know he's is... He's,
1: like, done all the scrawlings on the walls. I think he's, like... He's not oh. Ratman or something, but it, it's something similar to that, where it's yeah. just this deluded guy who might have been an ex-aperture employee. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. So, I don't know his
2: name, but I know, I know what you're talking about. I just don't know the name. Yeah. Um, something
1: with him as well might be interesting. Like, yeah, or just mm-hmm. backstory about, or even if it's just like a book and there's like a chapter where random aperture scientists are hearing like scratches on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like, what, the, what the hell is that? And people who know know and we would know. Oh like, mm. I would be so scared for them. <laughs> God.
2: You're like, yo, oh, yeah. check the wall. That is not a rat.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely very loud, not loud. Uh in your eh, what's the word? Portal two takes a turn for those who haven't played it into some very short horror short but sweet horror elements that make you question the entire game mm-hmm. in quicksand in uh very swift fashion but it's incredible what well, tied for my favorite game uh so please play that game so um yeah w- I think... motion sickness warning if you get motion sick oh, I g- take breaks i didn't get motion sick in portal 2 but i got motion Woo! sick in doom 2016 when motion motion blur was on it's it's
2: that it's there's that one where you have to like launch yourself further yep. and further I was thinking about that. that one made me so sick Ooh. so sick so, sorry. Take breaks if you need, but it's still worth the time. I promise. Taylor, what's right. your what's your answer?
0: I want to see the subspace emissary in a book. Mm. That's the story mode from Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. Especially, like taboo T A B U U. Like, where does the what are the origins of that antagonist? Okay. Nitty an gritty. I think that'd be really interesting. Another one. Um, Fury, the indie game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that'll be very interesting as a book—a very like nomadic bounty hunter type experience—that uh, would be very interesting realized in a book. Maybe even as a graphic novel with how beautiful the art is in that game. Yeah, yeah. I cool. feel like
2: a Legend of Zelda one would be cool too, like an cool. actual like tailored Legend of Zelda experience, like that's like yeah. actual story. That would be really cool too.
0: Maybe make a pop up. Pop-up Legends ah, book, too. That'd be cool. <laughs> yes. All right. Awesome. So I think that about wraps it up. So, mm. yeah, awesome episode this week, guys. Thank you so much, uh, viewers and audio listeners, for checking us out this week. And you can find us on it, uh, No Limits, on YouTube.com/slash Save the Game Media or on Twitter at Save Game Media. Or check out our Patreon at Save the Game Media. Links are all in the show notes, including the Discord as well, if you want to hang out. Links are in the show notes and the YouTube description. And uh, where can people find you, uh Brie? You can find me
2: at Fabulist Um, pretty much anywhere. I am so close to I know I said it last week, but we're getting even closer to 50. Um, and I'm planning on doing what? some sort of 50 followers on Twitch. So please follow me on Twitch.
0: Why do you need 50 followers on Twitch?
2: So I could monetize. Um, right now I've put a bunch of money into my setup, not only for like Twitch, but also for like the podcasting and stuff. So I put a lot of money into my fall fo- into my setup and I would like to recoup that money. I don't need it, but it would be cool. Um, and I would also just in general, like, th- cause if you monetize, you can also get like more followers and stuff like that so it would be just really cool um because i would really love to hang out with people um so yeah give me a follow there's not very many people there's a lot of people that watch and don't talk um so if you want to come talk to me you can come and i pretty much just chat with everybody in my chat um i've also played games with people from the chat um that's how demon ended up in our save the game media discord oh um this overlord demon sama from twitch (laughs) so yeah so just coming out with me i'm happy to do like whatever we just did like a, a hottest um list like a hottest tier list of random figures from history um so that was pretty fun <laughs> we can do stuff like that
0: <laughs> awesome
2: you should see the list it's pretty good
0: <laughs> where can people find you sam uh
1: people can find me on twitter at sam that's h-e-a-n-e-y
0: Awesome. And you guys can find me around the Discord, and I don't have Twitter.
1: I I would never have guessed, Taylor.
0: Yeah, I know. And I've been doing so good
2: this week. I started interacting with Twitter. I haven't, like, t- tweeted or anything, but I, like, was liking stuff.
0: That's like, not a good thing. I was like, good job, Brianna. Not a good I use thing. Twitter. I feel like if I go on Twitter, I'll never stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, you've got,
0: you know, you've got a, a strong resolve to... Fight off the urge. Thanks. I already spent enough time on Discord, but it's true. Anyway, you guys can check me out on the Discord at um, again links in the show notes for the Sea of the Game Media Discord. And you can talk to me there. I'm really active there, probably more often than it should be, but yeah. So until next time, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. Peace.